Welcome to the Open Apple Podcast, where we celebrate the Apple II. Whether you're a longtime user, a nostalgic visitor, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share news and memories of Steve Wozniak's most famous personal computer. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Open Apple. Last month in our September episode, we had only one news item to discuss, and that was the resignation of Steve Jobs as CEO of Apple. Unfortunately, we're back this month with some sad news. Steve Jobs had resigned due to his health, and his health recently took a turn for the worse. And as has been making headlines throughout the world in the last 12 hours, Steve Jobs has passed away. He died on Wednesday, October 5th, 2011, surrounded by his wife and children at his home. Sad news indeed, Ken. How did you find out about it? I actually found out about it from you. I logged into Facebook and I saw your message that said RIP Steve Jobs. And then I saw about 50 other messages on Facebook and then I popped into the A2 Central IRC channel just to have some company. How about yourself? Uh, I was actually driving home from work last night and, and my wife called me and said, did you hear the news? And I said no. And she proceeded to tell me that he had passed away. Um, so it's it's been kind of a rough night, I think, probably for many people. Yeah, I've a lot of people in IRC said, oh, I saw this coming. I, I knew this was why he resigned. And as I said, I, I know that he resigned to due to health issues. But I just didn't think that he was so close to his passing when he resigned. Yeah, um, I, I think maybe that's sort of the case where those closest to him probably knew that it was much worse than the rest of us were aware of. I've never had anyone close to me die of cancer, but I, I do know that, that sometimes the end can come very quickly. Yeah, it's strange because last month we were talking about how Steve was going to stay on as chairman of Apple. We were debating whether or not he'd still be calling the shots, even with Tim Cook as his successor as CEO. We both seemed to assume that the influence Steve Jobs had at Apple would persist in a very real and physical way for some time to come. And as it turns out, his time as chairman was far too brief. Uh, so it would seem. Uh, of course, you know, if anyone can figure out how to communicate to the rest of us from the beyond, I'm sure Steve Jobs will not only figure out how to do it, but do it in an elegant and easy-to-use way. Well, Bill Corbett tweeted that every iPhone is a Steve Jobs horcrux. <laughs> Very nice. And in fact, this passing occurred the day after the debut of the iPhone 4S, and there's some theories that the S stands for Steve. Well, even if it doesn't, I, I like to think that maybe it does. On an MSNBC interview with Steve Wozniak, the other co-founder of Apple Incorporated, he was asked, how do you think Steve Jobs would react if he discovered that most people learned about his passing on a device that he created? And Woz said, well, you know, Steve Jobs didn't smile much, especially in his later years, unlike when we were starting the company. But I think if he found that out, that would tickle him. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, President Obama made a similar comment in his statement about Jobs' passing. He said something about how he'd found out on a device that Steve had created. It was several paragraphs, and, and it was very eloquent and well-written, but that, that kind of really stood out, as, uh, stood out to me as, as sort of humorous. Yeah, President Obama's acknowledgement of Steve Jobs' passing has just been one of many that's been pouring across the internet on social media and on news sites and blogs everywhere. I mean, this is making headlines everywhere, especially at places you wouldn't really expect it. Like, you go to the official Facebook page for Star Trek, 
and they posted, Thank you, Steve Jobs. Your impact helped us realize the 23rd century sooner than we thought possible. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, and other Facebook pages like Google and Barnes and Noble. Facebook uh, pages? Yes. Yeah, they're they're all making these announcements on Twitter. You can see posts from people like uh, Bill Budge and Dan Bricklin and Chris Espinoza and even Snoop Dogg. I asked uh, Facebook pages because Google actually has uh, on their their main you know Google.com webpage. It says Steve Jobs 1955 to 2011 on it. Oh, you're right. I was looking to see if they were going to update their doodle for the day, and I completely missed that. Little PS under the search bar. You're right. It's uh, a subtle and understated, and I think it's very nice. In a way, kind of unlike Steve Jobs. <laughs> well, I, you know, I never knew the guy personally, but you know, I think everyone's heard stories of how he could be uh, a tyrant and, and sort of uh, very intolerant of those he considered to be mere mortals and fools. Yes, he definitely had very high standards for both himself and his workers. He did, but I don't think that that uh, I don't think that that's a unique quality for someone who's for for visionaries and, and inventors and, and people who have that special I don't know whatever it is that makes them stand apart in society. But as as a result, other areas of their lives sometimes tend to suffer. Yeah, we're all familiar with the think different ads that ran in the late '90s when Steve Jobs returned to Apple and how it portrayed people like uh, Albert Einstein as people who were brave enough to march to the beat of a different drum and as a result changed the world. There was an ad in those veins that was actually narrated by Steve Jobs himself, and I'm not sure if it ever aired, but it's been on YouTube for a while. A gentleman at the Cult of Mac took that audio and replaced it with images of Steve Jobs, and it's become more apparent that Steve Jobs was one of those visionaries that those ads was talking about. Absolutely, and and I don't know if he was at Apple when they were running those ads, or if he came back after that. I can't really remember um, specifically, but it it certainly does seem to apply to him as well. He's only the third person to whom I'd ever apply the label rascal. The other two being my late grandfather and the late Apple II community builder Gary Utter. And by rascal, I mean somebody who is so confident and so belligerent about their opinion that they would rather risk asking forgiveness than permission because they're so confident that in the end, they'll be proven right. Of those three rascals, the person I knew the best was my grandfather, and he literally changed the course of a river because it suited him. And that totally seems like something Steve Jobs would have done. Now, when we announced last week that John Romero was going to keynote Kansas Fest, I remember in IRC somebody saying, there's no place to go but up from here, we should get Steve Jobs next. <laughs> and one person asked, how do you think the Apple II community would respond to that? Not everybody approves of how Jobs managed the Apple II project. So, so what do you think Jobs' impact on the Apple II was? I mean, do we really need to be paying tribute to him on this podcast? or? Oh, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, obviously he saved Apple in, in 97 when he came back. They were, what, less than a month away from having no money in the bank. Uh, as, as a co-founder... Yeah, Waz did a lot of the tech, Waz did, well, he did most of the technical work, um, designing the, the Apple One and then the Apple Two. But Jobs wasn't just sitting there watching Waz do that. I mean, he was out there finding investors and, and getting the business deals done with the bite shop and other places like that to get it out in stores. And as I recall, Jobs actually was the one that designed the case for the Apple Two, which, which is sort of a, an iconic shape nowadays. 
Yeah, I think if the Apple II had been marketed the same way the Apple I was, which is just a motherboard with bits and components, it would not have been nearly as attractive as a consumer device. Right. Well, and and was uh, on that on a different M MSNBC interview uh, back on the 25th of August after Steve had resigned, had stated that there probably wouldn't have been an Apple computer if it had not been for Jobs, because all was wanted was a computer for himself that he could play with. It probably wouldn't have gone any further than that. Yeah, it was a unique synergy, and it really required both of them. Yeah, it's it's sort of interesting to have listened to Apple II users over the years kind of blame jobs for the way that the Apple II was treated. Um, you know, for example, on Andy Hertzfeld's uh, folklore.org webpage, he describes how he was starting work on the, the DOS 4.0 project for the Apple II, and Steve Jobs came by and said, oh, uh, the Apple II is dead. Why don't you come work with me on the Macintosh? And that was the end of DOS 4.0. But really, you know, the, the two wasn't killed until long after Steve Jobs had been fired. And I think he was spending most of his time concentrating on developing the Mac. I don't know, you know, that he was doing anything malicious to, to try and end the Apple II program or anything like that. Of course, I wasn't there. So, Right. And Steve Jobs even said later that, although he didn't realize it at the time, being fired from Apple was one of the greatest moments of his life because it freed him from the weight of carrying that company and allowed him to be a beginner again and see things fresh. It paved the way for one of the most creative periods of his life. And of course, if he hadn't gone on to found Next and then to purchase Pixar, who knows what state Apple would have been in 15 years later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a, a quote, and I don't have it in front of me, um, but he talks about how he kind of hoped that, you know, after he'd been fired, that, that he hoped that uh, his sort of lifeline or whatever you want to call it would be interweaved with that of Apple through, throughout the years. And it turned out that it was, you know, he, he came back and, and really turned it around. And it was interesting. So many corporations uh, in America today, when they find themselves in financial trouble, the first thing they do is, is start firing people. And Jobs didn't do that. Instead, he said, well, let's take a look at what we're doing here and come up with some good products that people actually want to buy instead of, you know, just putting people out on the street. So, I mean, he may have been a jerk to, to some people on certain occasions, but that, didn't, that doesn't mean that he didn't care about uh, the company or its employees. Well, I'm not sure he cared in the way that Waz did, since Waz actually shared his company stock with the employees who were deemed unworthy of having their own. Yeah, I, I think maybe Jobs' care, if you want to call it that, is um, probably more on a, a group level. You know, anyone who shared his vision was welcome to accompany him along that road. And if you didn't, well, then he didn't have a whole lot of use for you. Now, what do you think about criticism that Jobs was not a humanitarian or a philanthropist? For example, Bill Gates, he has the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He works with Warren Buffett to donate money and assist in all these various humanitarian causes. And you don't really hear that about Steve Jobs. Instead, what you hear about is Chinese factory workers committing suicide and Greenpeace lambasting the manufacturing process for the iPhone and the like. And Steve Jobs uh, being a poor tipper and parking in handicapped spaces. Those are new to me. <laughs> yeah. I've heard from more than one source that he's received multiple parking tickets for, for that sort of thing. But um, if you look back to the 90s, Bill Gates wasn't always the nicest guy out there. I mean, he destroyed companies and went out of his way to, to make people's lives miserable when companies did business with people uh, of whom he did not approve. So, and, and as I said, you know, just because you're a great inventor and, and a visionary doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in the Mahatma or anything like that. I think he had his flaws, and I think we all do. 
I mean, even if he did not directly contribute to such causes, I think the products that he created were certainly used in ways that brought people together. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. My experience with Apple products sort of ended around 85 or 86 with the Apple II line, and then I didn't pick it up again really until last November when I got an iPad. Then earlier this year when work bought me a MacBook Pro, it's sort of interesting to see how his creative fire, I guess if you want to call it that, has, has sort of influenced the development of those products. Because if you look at the Macs that were put out uh, in volume when he wasn't there, they were just kind of sort of glorified, boxy, beige PC things. Nothing like what you would see today in the iPod or the iPad or the iPhone. Right. It was with Jobs' return to Apple that the iMac line was unveiled, right? Yeah, I think that was the first thing that he did after he cut some programs, and that really started to make a difference. People kind of woke up and went, wow, my, my computer doesn't have to look like a toaster or a microwave or, or whatever else. Right. Earlier, you had mentioned the, the outpouring of comments and sympathies on um, on the social networks, and it's interesting to me as someone who is on Google Plus and Facebook. Uh, over on the Facebook side of things, I, I have, you know, there were some comments and and posts and pictures and things, but it was mixed in with other people sort of living their lives who aren't necessarily tied into Facebook. I go over to Google Plus and every single post in my stream is about jobs. Yeah, right now the Google Plus demographic is much more IT savvy than Facebook is. I think so. but it, And it's nice because it gives you an exposure to somebody like Andy Hertzfeld and, and, or Steve Levy, who both posted very nice, um, I guess, tributes to, to Steve Jobs. Yeah, as did Will Wheaton, the actor. He did, yeah. He posted the posted a, a quote there. Well, well, actually, I mean, the quote was the only thing you see on Google Plus until you click uh, here, click here to see more, and then you see this very long tribute that Will Wheaton himself wrote. Ah, I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, a link will be in the show notes. Was on the other hand chose to post on Facebook a couple of times, and and last night he sort of adopted the attitude I think that anyone would in that case, and you know, please just leave me alone for a little bit to to process this. Now, I he's our, I guess as of this morning, been on several national news programs and things like that. So he, he's definitely not turning his back on, on this in any way. No, it's just all the different emails he was getting. His Facebook wall was flooded with people saying, I'm very sorry for your loss, almost as if the two Steves were a couple. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be another person like Steve Jobs? I'm sure there will at some point in our, our future history. While you or I are alive, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, he was a, a once-in-a-lifetime gentleman. Certainly was, and happened to be in the right place at the right time at, at the beginning of this incredible explosion of computer technology. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's certainly fair to say that, although he never did it alone, if it weren't for him, you and I wouldn't be here right now. Uh, well, we would. We'd just be doing other things. Well, we wouldn't be here in the studio. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. So with that, I tip my hat to Mr. Jobs. I'm sure that wherever he is now... He is plotting and scheming to reinvent that world with the next big thing. Yeah, and I can't believe that I'm never going to hear him say and one more thing at the end of a speech. Well, who knows what surprises Apple has left in store for us. I'm sure that Jobs' influence will be felt for a long time to come. I certainly hope so. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you for everything. Here's to the crazy ones the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. 
They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do.